Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Leandrin made few friends, and none outside the Red Aja, certainly never outside the Aes Sedai. She would sooner make friends with a man, or a Trolloc. Moraine was not sure Leandrin saw much difference between men and Trollocs. Moraine, about Leandrin, the Great Hunt, Chapter 4. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I am here with my very dear friend Amber. And this is the Rosa Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. And today we are back with another 101. It's about time. <laughs> and we will be digging deeper into one of our favorite, maybe favorite, Red Sisters, Leandrin. Gurali, 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 however you would like to pronounce it. Girale. I'm making her Italian. <laughs> it's a hard one to pronounce. Guirail? I don't know. I have no idea. That almost <laughs> sounds like a cheese. <laughs> Greer. Greer. What's the one? Gruyere? That's one yeah. of my favorite Turkishas. It's so good. Well... Unfortunately, it's not a cheese podcast. It's <laughs> a Wheel of Time podcast. I'm I'm totally willing to pivot though. <laughs> I was just thinking, man, what we could do with a cheese podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All the cheeses. Oh, well, that would be wild. I would love that. This one's for Doug. <laughs> yeah. Leandrin is not as appetizing as good cheese. Let's run with the food theme here and just be like. Unless it's Kate Fleetwood, Leandrin. That's just it. Is like. Here's. Okay. Here's, here's how I. Here's how I. I have, I have feelings. <laughs> I want to hear them. I want to hear all the feelings. Book Leandrin. I think there is nothing about her that is exciting fun it's just like okay she's there Mm -hmm. and then kate fleetwood appeared on screen and i was like do i like (laughs) leandrin do i love leandrin and i do i mean the portrayal is it's really really good and she brings so much to a character that's just kind of like the book character is just She's there. She does mm-hmm. stuff. We'll mm-hmm. we'll get we'll get more into that when we hit the spoiler section. But yeah, I think there's so much that Kate Fleetwood kind of like lends to this character. It would be really exciting to see how she does with season two because I that's that's where some cool <laughs> stuff happens. To be perfectly non spoilery, mm-hmm. but I mean just that that monologue that she has Mm. in episode four like Mm -hmm. let the hand of the tower fall on you logena blar and take back what nature (laughs) blah 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 you know the one 
Yes, I rewatched it this morning. Probably the best line of dialogue, in my opinion, in the entire first season. And it's something coming from outside of the books. Like, mm-hmm. this was something that was written for the actress, and it is just yeah. one of those moments where I'm like, you know, I, I've said things in the past where I'm like, yeah, like, some of the writing here and there, I wasn't, like, wowed. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was the moment where the writing for me was just like, ooh, chef's kiss and the way that it's delivered. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I get chills every mm-hmm. time I watch it because she is just so strong and mm-hmm. so sure and a little bit. Mm. <laughs> a uh, bit. What's the word I want to go with here? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say what I want to say. It really is. We were kind of discussing this before we started recording is like where where do we start and how far can we go talking about her before it's like, and now we are in deep, deep spoiler territory. Yeah. And I think with her, it's, it's hard because things are shown so early on in the book series. I feel like the great hunt is where you get your first meeting with mm-hmm. Leandrin and you're like whoa okay wow look at you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched some show stuff this morning I mean it's been a minute since I've watched the series and I, I feel like I always go back and just kind of pick it up in little pieces so this time it was like flip 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 to get to the Leandrin scenes but I agree with you on her the moment of channeling and stilling Loghain. There's a power to her that I feel is missing in the book character. Like, there's a charisma to her. And I don't feel like Leandrin on the page gets that. She's always really off-putting. Always. Your quote at the beginning, this is exactly who she is. But then you see her chatting with Nynaeve, looking at water statues and like skipping away, talking about persimmons. And you're like, what? Why? Why? I really like you. Why? How did that happen? Yeah, I think there's there's also this playful side mm, yeah. that Kate Fleetwood portrays her having. Mm hmm. And it's really refreshing because, you know, not everyone is, well, okay, yeah, some people are just kind of awful all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I mean, why wouldn't someone who can be off-putting, like, why couldn't they still have a little bit of mischief and kind of Mm. like acuteness about them where I'm sure she could, you know, crack a joke here and there Mm -hmm. and... It wouldn't be completely, you know, (laughs) out of the realm of normal for a character like this because it kind of humanizes her. And in the books, Mm -hmm. it's just right off the bat, like, and this quote from Moraine, I mean, this is when Leandrin is first introduced and Mm -hmm. she's saying, you know, Leandrin doesn't have friends and Mm -hmm. if she does have a friend 
it's not outside the Red Aja. So off the bat, we get, you know, the information. She's one of the Red Aja sisters. And she would never be friends with someone who's not an Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. And it would be more likely for her to make friends with a Trollic than <laughs> any of the other, you know, options mm-hmm. out there. So it's just, it kind of it kind of tells where she holds herself. You know, like, mm-hmm. she sees herself as being above non-channelers, mm-hmm. for one. Mm-hmm. She does not like men. It's hinted at, I don't know, not hinted at. I'm pretty sure in The Great Hunt as well. Moraine talks about Leandrin having a friendship with one person. I think they were pillow friends at one point. Okay. That was actually one of the things that I had been wondering about was if we have, like, any indication of what her demeanor was when she was a novice and then an accepted. But if she's like this, I imagine she was (laughs) probably not the most outgoing and friendly of the novices so it makes sense that she would have like just one friend that she felt she could be close to do we know who it is i've got my i've got the great hunt right here i'm at the right chapter it might take me a minute to kind of scan through here but i bet i could find it yeah because i'm curious i could be confusing her with elida but yeah, but so many of them have kind of that similar background. Like in the reds, mm-hmm. it seems. Well, maybe it's because there are so many red Aja. There's so many of the red Aja, and they don't like men. So who else would they have mm-hmm. a relationship with? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing the math here, <laughs> right? So talking about like her lack of friends. What that kind of made me think of as well is that if you don't have friends, you don't really have allies either. But do you need allies when your Aja is the biggest Aja? I mean, Mm. you would need them for within the Aja, but Mm -hmm. I feel like this is another key explanation to knowing how Leandrin acts and why she is like she is. She being in the Red Aja, you know, you can kind of tell that she likes to be in control. She likes to hold herself high Mm -hmm. and kind of be seen as in charge a little bit, even though she's Mm -hmm. not the most powerful Aes Sedai. She's still somewhat strong. And I feel like there's kind of that safety in numbers within the Red Aja, you know? Like Mm -hmm. if you're going to join an Aja, based on how much it affords you like the red Mm -hmm. aja would probably be the one like we're the biggest we're the best they certainly believe they're the most important i feel so oh my gosh Mm -hmm. i think that comes out in leandrin in the show pretty clearly too like we protect the world yeah and they do a much better job in the tv show i think Mm -hmm. like showing that Mm mm-hmm in the books, the Red Aja is just kind of seen as man-hating connivers mm-hmm. who are just out to gentle. And it's not so much, yeah, like that is what the Red Aja does. Mm-hmm. But I believe that they think that they are really doing the world a 
kindness and protecting them because mm-hmm. yeah like the the last battle probably the most terrifying thing in the world and it's only second to another breaking and that's mm-hmm. what they're protecting from yeah that's a good point she does have kind of like more of a pack leader vibe in the show than i see her having in the book like straight out from that first scene with her where she's leading a group of red sisters and she is obviously the leader of this group i mean maybe this is a spot with allies because what she chooses to do in that scene she shouldn't have been allowed to do but her sisters of the red aja just like stood by and like okay that's totally fine are you talking about in the tv show uh huh. Yeah. Like, were they they gentle that one guy? Yeah. You might want to be a little bit more specific. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I had. Yeah. So, like, it's the first episode, and it's like I think it's after the opening or after Moraine does her little, the arrogance of men, mini speech, but they're like hunting down those two guys, and. Mm-hmm. There's got to be at least six of them, I'd say. And not a single one of them raises an objection when Leandrin chooses to just gentle him on the spot. And they shouldn't be Moraine able to Moraine doesn't do that. either. Moraine was watching and she doesn't either. Nope. Says nothing. Because I was kind of thinking about that this morning, too. How she's just like, okay, not him. We're going to go now. Like... <laughs> She probably doesn't want to draw attention to herself. True, but I just, I don't know. Maybe she'll use it later for blackmail. I'll try and... Yes, that was the other thing I was thinking about too, is like, now she's got this information in her back pocket. She's Kyrian and, and Blue Aja, so what will she potentially do with that? But I, at the same time, Moraine is a part of them gentling Loghain, so I mean... Mm. In the, mm-hmm. in, the t- in the television show. So, I mean, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense right now mm-hmm. to me. I'm sure if I, you know, picked up a pen and paper and tried to, like, play it all out and, you know, figure things, like, from, I don't know, maybe, maybe I could come up with something to make it work. But mm-hmm. as of right now, like, I think, like, Moraine being a part of that is very, very odd. Very odd. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... I just, I, I don't know. And then, like, working with the Red Aja, like, that's so unlike anything what blues mm-hmm. and reds do. I mean, they mm-hmm. are constantly just, it's the biggest rivalry in the White Tower. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of odd. So maybe that will be something that gets explained. I mean, we knew that Leandrin has a man at North Harbor Mm-hmm. Um, right what's up with so that? like maybe this would be something that kind of gets brought back in and we can kind of explain away like why moraine just like let leandrin throw her under the bus and was like actually it was mm-hmm. moraine and I'm mm-hmm. like what and moraine's just like Yes, it was I. Like, I will take all of the punishment. I'm like, what? Really? The woman with, like, the eyes and ears? The woman with, you know, the Kyrianan and Blue Aja? Like, Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I don't know. I would love to see that played up a little bit and kind of explained. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll do that, like, show-wise? I don't know. Probably not. It might get dropped. Mm-hmm. They, they just don't have that much time. I mean, I would love... I, w- I think the man at North Harbor, I think something will come of that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. There's definitely more that I can talk about, like, theory-wise when we get into spoilers. Because from right, from where I sit right now, I can't mm-hmm. get too far into it. Well, with all of that said, should we, like... Basics? Background? Yeah, because I'm... <laughs> I'm interested by her background. Okay. Well, she's from Terrebonne. Hence the hence the little braids in her hair. Mm-hmm. And ever since I learned that Terraboners have like an affinity for wearing a veil, I can so picture Leandrin wearing a veil with mm-hmm. her chin up, you know, very proud. Resting on those Haughty. beautiful cheekbones. Yeah. She's pretty. Mm-hmm. Honey blonde hair. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the things that gets said about her all the time. Like, it's always, like, this doll-like pretty face with a rosebud mouth and blah, blah, blah. Like, she's mm-hmm. always described as being really pretty, but it also kind of strikes me that she's, like, petulant. Like, her appearance feels kind of petulant sometimes. That yeah. makes sense. Sure, yeah. She just feels like a kid who's never fully grown up in the books. Like That's how she feels to me. Yes. Yes. And I think, too, like, she's she's definitely compensating for something. I mean, I know we've said this a lot with Elida, Mm -hmm. talked all about it in her 101, but with Leandrin, she doesn't have any birthright she's not noble mm-hmm. in any way she doesn't come from a life of luxury Mm-mm. pre-tower mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah totally true i think her father sold fruit from a cart or something yeah yeah like born into poverty and just develops this really deep resentment of anyone who has status and power mm-hmm. like yeah from a very young age that's what she wants did you want to go from the dock here? Sure, yeah. So with this desire for power, she kind of lucks out, I guess, by being born with the spark. So she she can channel. There's nothing she can do about it. It's just going to happen to her. And she waits like an entire year after discovering she can channel before she leaves for the tower, which interests me. Because she has, like, she would never consider herself a wilder. But she channeled for, like, a whole year before she left to go to Tarvalon. I wonder how she hid that. I don't know. I think it's just hypocrisy. Yeah. I mean, if if you could channel, I would, if I could, I would probably do the same thing and be like, yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody about that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you're just going to, you know, show up and pretend, like, you know, this never happened. But it, it's because it is like a, I don't know, it's like a derogatory term. And it, yeah. it doesn't make any sense, really. I mean, why why should someone be ashamed that they were able to figure something 
out on their own as opposed to being trained or being taught. Exactly. I mean, I see that mirrored like in our own world, like you got to go to college, you got to get a university degree when, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with teaching yourself to doing something. I find it highly admirable. Yeah. The self-discipline it takes to be able to teach yourself something is really hard. Yeah, so I mean, Wilders, I mean, why why the drama, White Tower? Why are we putting them down? It's unnecessary, again. Well, and I think it, it also lends to how high the tower regards themselves you know like Mm -hmm. oh it's too dangerous you shouldn't do it on your own yeah like the channeling sickness that happens and what like one in four or Mm -hmm. whatever it is I don't Mm -hmm. remember the exact ratio but if you can teach yourself to do something wouldn't that make the white tower obsolete Mm -hmm. like if there were other people Mm -hmm. that were just like oh yeah like you can do it like this that puts the White Tower out of a job, so they need that derogatory term, I feel like. I had never thought about that. It's like a PR thing, a retention thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the White Tower for you. Yeah, like even that part of them is deceptive. I would say so. I mean, there really is you know, a danger to it, which I understand, mm-hmm. but they're not the only group of channelers in the world. So mm-hmm. it's like there are other groups doing stuff with it and they, you know, obviously the White Tower knew about it. Mm-hmm. Oof. Wouldn't be good. It's kind of surprising how the White Tower just expects these women who find out that they can channel to show up to where they are all the time. Like if you're if you're so worried about a woman's well-being, if you know that young women can die because of this, why aren't you hitting up every village in a, you know, certain area every right. year and checking and testing them? Right. Hmm. I mean, I can see where countries would feel like that was really intrusive. And at the same time, like, if it were my daughter, I'd want to know. I'd want to know that she was going to be okay and taken care of. Or maybe I would want to hide her from the White Tower because they're terrible. Could definitely go both ways. But at the same time, if they got sick, Mm -hmm. then the channeling sickness, then, yeah, it would be pretty awful. Yeah. And when you, like, bill yourself as the only. (laughs) the only game in town you know where else are you gonna go once you get to a point where you're like well I really need to learn more if like all other groups that can channel are either like hidden or out of access for you or whatever like where else do you go right they have a monopoly on it (laughs) yeah it's wild huh I had not thought about that yeah, I do think, though, with Leandrin, as far as, like, her time in the tower went, mm-hmm. I think it was, like, six years as a novice, six as an accepted, mm-hmm. something like that. Like, it wasn't super long, but it wasn't super short either. 
some were raised quicker mm-hmm. but i think her time there is still an achievement you know like it's not the best or the worst it's still something that she would be very proud of i agree and of course she takes the red mhm i kind of have to wonder if she had her aja like picked out before she even left for the tower she was like that's the group for me like they're the largest know. You'd want to be part of that bigger group. I think so. Yeah, like status to be part of like the largest Aja doing what they feel is like the most protective work they could do by preventing another breaking. I mean, I think so. I I would Mm -hmm. put money on it that that's probably the reason she decided on red and then maybe some outside influence as far as like where she stands with male channelers like maybe she had had an incident previously that put her you know Mm -hmm. on the other side Mm -hmm. where she's like male channelers are a no-no maybe she witnessed something maybe Mm -hmm. something happened to her family like I could create in my head a really interesting Mm -hmm. backstory for Leandra and like maybe her family's poor because her poor father was injured in an accident where some man was channeling and now he has to sell Mm -hmm apples on the side of the road and a wheelbarrow like who knows yeah yeah (laughs) you know she goes to the white tower like ready for vengeance yeah i was kind of thinking along similar lines with the whole like man hating thing like if she's living in a life of poverty and we're like setting this world in more of a late medieval late, late medieval period moving towards, like, I don't know, a more industrial kind of period, her living conditions were probably really shitty. And maybe she didn't have, like, any kind of protection against a lot of the terrible things that happens to people who have to live in poverty. Like, we don't know a whole lot more than the fact that she was poor She wanted power, and she wanted to leave what had been her life in Terrabon behind her. Like, she takes takes on the mannerisms and the speaking of an upper-crust Terraboner to kind of hide the rough part of her that came from the streets. So maybe she was assaulted, beaten. Anything's possible, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would also explain, like, her super cold, detached behavior to an extent as well in, in the book series. In the book series. Yeah, I think the TV show, if they wanted to, they could invent, you know, mm-hmm. something for her like that that wouldn't be outlandish. Mm-mm, not at all. There's a lot of possibility there. Maybe we'll get an early look at Tanchico. That would be fun. Yeah, that would. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a really, I think, interesting location in general, just because mm-hmm. of the three fingers, like the three peninsulas. Mm-hmm. Of Terrabon? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 
Tanchico is on one of them. I don't remember what the other two, what the major cities are. But Mm -hmm. there's a port, like there's trade, there's a lot of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And it's an it's another unique location with unique culture. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Should we move on? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So we've gotten to the point where she's been raised to the shawl. She chooses red. She is powerful enough that for a while her status in the tower is actually not inconsiderable. Um, Mm -hmm. but it certainly seems as though, and I'm going to bet that Swan and Moraine have something to do with this, maybe even Elida, because she kind of gets knocked down from that status by more powerful channelers. But she doesn't ever really seem, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but she doesn't really seem to be finding a way to situate herself in a place of power within the White Tower. I don't know. I feel like since it's all, for the most part, power based, Uh like how much further can you go if you're, you know, if you're not the strongest channeler, like what's really the next step for you, Mm -hmm. which we will get into later, definitely. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think she's climbed the ladder as much as she can. And I mean, I think we can agree in the tower that's not very far. Like, the the roles available for status are really limited. Yeah, For somebody absolutely. who's, like, been fueled by, you know, these power-hungry dreams, I can imagine that middle ground feels really chafing to Leandrin. Yeah. Maybe that's another reason why she's so cold to everybody. <laughs> yeah. But I think... I mean, I think here's where we can probably jump into spoilers. Yeah, yeah, that's actually really great timing. That's like 36 minutes of conversation. Okay, so we will be back after the break. If you like what you hear, rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast. This helps new listeners find the show. This podcast is brought to you by you. If you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes and thanks for listening and joining us on The Road to Tarvalin. And now we are back for spoiler time. Spoiler time. Spoilers. This will be so much easier. Here we go. Spoiler time. Leandra is Black Aja. Finally. Bum, bum, bum. That was really annoying skirting around ah. that because it's it, it happened so early in the books. But it really we does. We were talking about her not being satisfied probably with this like middle level <laughs> power in the tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Middle level power in the tower. Yeah, and Leandrin, it is said about Leandrin that she had already decided to be in the Black Aja before she got to the tower. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking about, like, this inventive background for Leandrin, Ah. like, so interesting. So interesting. What you were saying about, like, maybe she was assaulted, maybe something like this happened. 
I mean, I could see this for her as being like, well, I'm going to go to the White Tower and I'm going to become as powerful as I possibly can. And maybe Mm -hmm. she knows that she's not very strong in the one power. And maybe she Mm -hmm. knows that like, hey, like if I join the Black Aja, not only will I not need to say these stupid three oaths and be stuck in the White Tower, but I'll Mm -hmm. actually be somewhat like over these other women i will be in a different position where i'm in charge of them or i'm keeping eye on them i'm spying on them and i have the resources to protect myself from Mm. the pecking order from within the tower to an extent Mm -hmm. maybe someone like dina talked to young leandrin and like explained it like that, like a Shamael is here to break the chains of all of us and reorder the structure of the world. Like maybe her well, plan to become a dark friend was there as her first step towards getting out of poverty. And then she found out she could channel. And then she was like, well, then I can just also be Black Aja. Bonus, you know? It's possible, yeah. I just, I don't, for some reason, I don't really see Leandrin as, like, someone who's, like, I just want to end it all, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be on top. Like, I don't, who cares about breaking the wheel or whatever as long as I'm sitting on some type of throne after mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, she's much more interested in herself. Than she would be in like. It's it's not coming from anywhere altruistic. I no, feel like when it comes no. to Leandrin. Yeah, that's a that's a really good way of saying it. I mean, with Ishamael, it's like I don't know, dude. Like, I mean, I guess he could have one of the other Forsaken balefire his ass into oblivion, <laughs> but he would still probably be reborn. So it go, it does go on and on. Yeah, that whole her picking Black Aja before she'd even, like, left for the tower. How do you even seek that out? Just, like, start tapping on shoulders and asking questions? So I was doing some research into the Black Aja today. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. And they obviously, like, put members of the Black Aja in positions where they would be able to look for initiates Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times like I don't know if it's a lot of the times but there would be the situation where you would get picked out and led to you know one of the gatherings Mm -hmm. and they'd be like do you want to be Black Aja yes or no if you say yes then you know you're given some tests and you have to do some things and then after you know you put yourself in harm's way and maybe do what they want you to do mm-hmm. then they'll like swear you in but if you say no you're likely just tortured and killed mm. so it almost seems like <laughs> if you are asked mm-hmm. to join your options are yes or die mm-hmm. so i mean it makes a lot more sense where you could see someone like Varen mm-hmm. saying, oh, yeah, sure, like, I'll join. And mm-hmm. then 
trying to, you know, figure out a way to get out of it at some point. But with Leandrin, if she had already decided before she went to the tower, I would have to say that she had an association with someone who was a dark friend previously, you know, Mm -hmm. because it would be so Mm -hmm. dangerous to seek that out within the White Tower unless you already knew, like, the secret hand sign, the thumb in between Mm -hmm. your two middle fingers. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe that's something, like, she was relayed that information from a dark friend, like, look for this sign or something, and then once she gets into the White Tower, she sees someone doing it. Then I feel like you could probably make hints, and they would be like, okay, like, I see you, you see me, we know what we know what we both want. Mm-hmm. They whisk her away to Shadow Pal Party or whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that association with a dark friend of some kind prior to entering the tower makes a lot of sense. I mean, the White Tower is like, there's no Black Aja, there's no Black Aja. That, just, that doesn't happen. So why would... Like, why would she be, like, set on this course of joining an Aja that the existence of is vehemently denied? Unless right. she, like, knew something ahead of time. That's, I mean, that's what I would believe. And I think that when we go back to the show, I would assume that her contact at North Harbor I think it, yes, it is a man, but I also think it's either a dark friend or actually one of the Forsaken. Oh. Like someone that's feeding her information. Uh-huh. Or someone that she's feeding information. So, like, if it was mm. someone, like, in connection to Masana or i mean it could it could really be anyone at this point mm-hmm. but it would be interesting to establish the fact that one of the black aja members is keeping tabs on things that are going on in the white tower that way that information can be relayed to someone higher up like in the mm-hmm. food chain mm-hmm. because they would want to know, like, how many new women are joining every year, who seems to be, like, who are you close with? Who do you think we can get to join the Black Aja, you know? And I think when she's having that conversation with Nynaeve, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's probably scouting for the Red Aja, but she's probably also scouting for the Black Aja. Mm. So she could, like, pick naive apart and be like oh like how were you wronged somewhere in your life like what Mm -hmm. can I exploit what is there about you that's easy to penetrate you know Mm -hmm. and naive is she's angry she's justifiably upset with how her life has been so yeah yeah like she's a prime target not only that she's extremely powerful so Mm -hmm. yeah I think maybe that was a she was hoping to convert Nynaeve, maybe. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. In the TV show, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the books, nothing <laughs> like this happens <laughs> no. at all. No. I mean, 
Book Leandrin, she, yeah, she's interesting, but her plotline fizzles out so badly. Yeah. It's just like one minute, you know, she's pretty much kidnapping the girls and taking them to High Lord Suroth. Mm-hmm. And then she flees from the tower. She does a little Black Aja stuff. Mm-hmm. She has some interesting back and forth with Mo Gideon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she kind of just, you know, disappears. Yeah, she gets picked she's up by the Shamchen. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's blocked from channeling. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm assuming like it's similar to what happens to Moraine mm-hmm. where she's kind of like tied off and yeah. then she can't channel any longer. Mm-hmm. That's my and guess. And then she's taken by the Shan Chen as a domine, mm-hmm. but she can't channel. Mm. So, like, what? I mean, where does that go? She gets picked up by the Lady Suroth, and she becomes Daco Vale instead of Damani. Oh, okay, okay. Whatever Mogidian did to her, I'm assuming that she did it in a way that hides the fact that Leandrin can channel as well. I don't know that for sure because I'm trying to think of like how she could be around a bunch of Damani without them knowing that she could channel. But I feel fairly certain she becomes Daco Vale. No, she does. You're right. You're okay, right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, how does that part pan out? I mean, see, that's the thing. Like, I I feel like even if you're tied off, you would probably be able to sense the potential in someone as a channeler, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the thing. Even though... Yeah. Okay. The show seems iffy on that. <laughs> we yeah we haven't we they haven't decided yet i don't think like or, yeah. i mean like i'm sure they have decided like what their you know lore is but mm-hmm. it just hasn't been shown to the viewers mm-hmm. just yet yeah but i mean there's there's so much potential for like one of those outrigger novels for Mm-hmm. Leandrin, Elida, mm-hmm. and Mogidian to all mm. reconnect. Ooh. Could you imagine if, like, Leandrin, Daco Vale, Elida, Domine, Mogidian, yeah. Domine? Like, that would be a really interesting. Oh my God. <laughs> side <laughs> side story i still oh. i mean i still can't get over the fact of like matt being married to a slaver like right just i i can't i can't there it, it upsets me greatly same but i think like maybe there's potential i mean mogidian is tricksy like mm-hmm. if mogidian was working somehow with Leandrin and Elida, like in a reverse, Min, Elaine, Naive, <laughs> Egwene, you know, mm-hmm. like we're we're going back to the Great Hunt, but it's Elida as Damani and 
Leandrin as Daco Vale, like, could you imagine how much havoc they could do? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine it being like a very slow burn, too. I think it would have to be. Mogedian planning something out like a mm-hmm. <laughs> she's got a 20 year plan <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds about right though I mean really like even the way that she kind of infiltrates and then dominates the black Aja like she hides herself as a servant she makes herself mm-hmm. look like a wrinkled up old lady servant and Leandrin treats her like crap, of course, because that's what she does. And then Mogideon's like, I reveal myself in all my glory. Leandrin's like, I'm going to attack you with my teeny tiny compulsion ability. Mogideon is all fool. That was so like wimpy wimpy. Right? Oh, poor Leandrin. What were you thinking? <laughs> right? And then she tries it again later on. Like, after Mogideon's been injured in Teleron Road and she comes back and she's looking for healing, Leandrin's like, this is my chance! She's injured! I'm gonna get her! It seems to work with just about everybody else who tries to take down a Forsaken, but Leandrin is just not one of those people who gets to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's just... There's so much that could have been done with Leandrin's character. And mm-hmm. I mean, sadly, like, yeah, we want you want maybe more of a character arc or you want closure or whatever. But at 14 books, the story mm-hmm. had to end at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brandon Sanderson wanted to write another six. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's one of those characters that I feel like the TV show has a lot of potential with mm-hmm. especially with Kate Fleetwood. Mhm. I agree. Another yeah. thing that's I just remember this about Leandrin. She's not a healer. Mm-mm. And we had been talking about Chesmel Emery in a previous episode with her mm-hmm. heart stopping weave. Mhm. Leandrin is actually jealous of healers because she yeah. knows with healing and that innate sense of knowing how the body works she can't kill as mm-hmm. easily as some of some of the women who would be talented in healing so if you're talented right. in healing you're talented in killing and Leandrin um, is not talented in healing so she's like very insecure about that and maybe mm-hmm. maybe not insecure but maybe upset and just angry that she just doesn't have that talent mm-hmm. yeah she seems to want to be able to just do it all yeah, yeah. Especially if and it's I'm, like dark and subject, or like um, yeah, subjects somebody to her will to what she wants, and so like right. any place where she feels kind of lacking in what she could do, she's like, meh, 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 meh. this is another place where I'm like, you just never grew up. You never grew up. <laughs> that and it's also interesting that like out of that group of. 13 is mm-hmm. it 13 that flee the re- the white tower mm-hmm. as far mm-hmm. as i remember she's the most she's the strongest channeler in the group i think that's right 
so like she is kind of like the leader of this Mm -hmm. posse Mm -hmm. so she she lucks out again like Mm -hmm. you know like she got out of the white tower where she had to play the part and now she's like in charge and i think Mm -hmm. like that's that's probably Leandrin, like, living her best life at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was something I was going to say off of what you just said. And it was more than I just agree with you because... <laughs> well, if we go back to her not being a good healer mm. and being jealous of that, I think this is why she hates Nynaeve so much. <laughs> Really? Because of her ability to heal? Yeah, because she's so strong in one power. Yeah. She's so strong in the one power and she's such a good healer. I mean, can you imagine Leandrin being like all that wasted potential? (laughs) Yes, I can see that, actually. Since there are only 13 sisters that leave from the White Tower... Leandrin's the only red sister that leaves, right? There isn't another red sister besides her that leaves right, in the tower. Right. Yes. Why? Like, why is she the only red sister in the 13? We know there are other dark friends in the red Aja. Did no one want to travel with her? Well, she was given these orders, you know? So I don't mm-hmm. think she was able to mm-hmm. choose who goes with her. Mm hmm. So, I mean, why would the Forsaken or whoever's in charge of, I guess, whoever the leader of the Black Aja could have been in charge as well, saying, like, who stays and who goes? Mm-hmm. Is, that Al- is that Galena or Alviaran? I think it's Galena at this time. Okay. okay. Yeah. So... Which, I mean, is another reason why it kind of baffles me that a second Red Sister wouldn't have gone. Like, everyone's well, so protective of their status as far as, like, like even though they're, like, all black Aja, they're still all their Aja's previous to that as well. And so, like, you kind of buddy up by Aja color, it seems like, and it makes Leandrin feel kind of alone. Like, she doesn't have somebody who has her back. I don't know if any of them do. They're, they're black Aja sisters, so I have no idea. But it does feel as though it leaves her kind of, like, undefended. If it were up to me, and it was, like, if I was choosing, mm-hmm. I, would, I would probably do it the same way. I would pick as few red Aja as possible mm-hmm. not to alert the white tower that there's a larger number of black aja and the red aja so -hmm. like i would take everyone from all the other ajas first that way Mm -hmm. you still have this concentrated power in the red aja and it leaves people thinking that the red aja is like there was just one you know like Mm -hmm. okay like it was only one of the red aja she was only maybe she was the only black aja in the red aja like the red Mm -hmm. aja is safe now like Mm. Throw them off the scent of looking for more inside the Red Aja kind of thing. Yeah, and then the Red Aja, like, again, there's that strength in number. So, like, Mm -hmm. maybe the Red Aja could continue, like, wreaking the most havoc because they're more of, like, 
they're more of like an organized group. But I guess it doesn't really matter because they each have their own fist, right? So like it's, mm-hmm. or is it fist? I don't remember what it's called. I don't know why that word keeps coming to me. Heart? Heart, yeah. It's only a group of three. So mm-hmm. within your heart, you know of two other women who are also Black Aja. And then mm-hmm. each one of you knows another woman who's in another heart, mm-hmm. which is like kind of confusing. But at the same time, it would be really convenient to have them in the same Aja. That way you're not putting them in a situation where they would get outed. Like if you mm-hmm. were a red with a, in a heart with two blues, like mm-hmm. it would be a little bit weird mm-hmm. for you to be spending time with someone outside your Aja. That's true. It's kind of a giveaway. Yeah. Because it's just, yeah. and, which is so sad. Like why is it that associating with a sister from another Aja is weird. Why is it weird? It just <laughs> the White Tower's so weird, Amber. It is. It is. It really is. It kind of I don't know. It's a good breeding ground for things like this to unfold and happen. I did want to ask you something because I'm I'm curious about this. The relationship and, like, vibe between Leandrin and Moraine in the TV series feels like a light of Moraine from in the books. Do you mm-hmm. kind of sense that, too? Are we getting an Elida? I say yes. Yeah? I worry. We have to. I worry. I don't. I don't think, I'm not worried about it. Yeah? Okay. If anything, they could probably combine Leandra and and Elviaran or something. But Elida is too important. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's really important to show that, like, some characters can be horrible awful Mm, evil and mm -hmm. not be black aja that's true that's a really good point it's one of the things that i appreciate about elida as a character in the series like she's just terrible i love elida for Mm -hmm. that reason like as a person no hater but like as a character she's wonderful Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like there, there are so many different characteristics that get kind of pushed at us in the Wheel of Time. And when it hits like a realistic point like this, like part of me wants to rebel at it. And the other part of me is like, yeah, realism. I like this. People can yeah. be awful. They can be awful. It doesn't mean that they're like aligned with the devil. Maybe they are. I don't know. But in this case, not the case. And then the other thing that I was kind of thinking about, and I think you touched on it earlier, is that that shielding that happens to Maureen at the end of season one, Mm -hmm. this is so close to what Mogidian does to Leandrin. And Mm -hmm. will will they do it again? Will they change it somehow? I just, and I mean, this is really where we get this, like, (laughs) graceless tumble into her ending. Like, 
Mogidian cuts her off from the source. She becomes a scullery maid. She's rescued, big air quotes, rescued by the Shanshan mm-hmm. and then made a slave. Like everything she could have ever wanted to not happen to her happens to her. So I just am like, will they do that to her again or will it be different? I don't know. I don't know if we'll even have Leandrin having the same mm-hmm. end point as she does. I kind of hope they change it, truthfully. In the books? Yeah. I mean, I would rather give her, like, an awesome on-screen yeah. death. Heck yeah! <laughs> yeah! Than this? Mm-hmm. This, like, tumble into nothing? Into slavery? And then, like, what I read was that like the High Lady Saruth dies or is killed or something. And because of that, no one really knows where Leandrin is or what happened to her. If she ran away, if she got picked up by somebody else. Like the, there's this huge question mark at the end of her story. And part of me really likes that because I would like to see some sort of something happen rather than the ending that she's given. But. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of the same, though, with someone like Elida, where she has this wild, like, ending, but you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. And with Leandrin, it's like, I want to see something. <laughs> right? Know? More than this. Like, I feel that way with the entire Black Aja. We get them right out of the gate. They're there at the beginning of the story, and then it's like, oh, we're going here. Oh, we're going there. Oh, my goodness, children are defeating us. Like, how, how does this happen? They are 13 fully trained Aes Sedai, and they keep getting, like, beaten by these very, very, very young, inexperienced women. How does that keep happening? Are they all ineffective? Yeah, I I don't know, though. I mean, maybe that is, maybe that's a common occurrence for some of the Black Aja, mm-hmm. where they're, like, they're just very weak channelers, and that's why they're like, yeah, sure, I'll go to the Black Aja, <laughs> then at least I'm not, you know, stuck in this pit mm-hmm. of my life, and the White Tower being used and abused. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, sign me up. I think it's... It's understandable in some ways. Like the the White Tower creates its own its own enemies from within and it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean that and let's be honest too, like as much as we bash on the White Tower, like it is also the fact that the Black Aja is the biggest Aja and they've been sowing chaos mm-hmm. for probably as long as they could like since since the first person that was in the black aja joined the white tower like it's all gone downhill from then mm-hmm. we don't know which came first you know chicken the egg situation but yeah i i don't think there's any way to separate the two i'm trying to picture that that first meeting of the black aja are you are you with the dark one? You like the dark one? I like the dark one. 
You want to hang out? Form a group? Are we best Maybe a book now? club? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's hang out. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. We don't know. Mm-mm. I think I had read something a while back that was, that said like the Black Aja has been like sowing seeds of chaos for like 2,000 years or something like that at the. Yeah, that's an Ashamayel quote. Yeah. But again, like, is he lying? Is he just yeah. being hyperbolic? Like, mm-hmm. typical of Shamael? Mm-hmm. Or is he like, yeah, this is 100% true. I mean, mm-hmm. I would believe either. Same. <laughs> That's why it's so hard. Same. And it's interesting, like, I've been thinking about how and where the Forsaken are either showing up in the White Tower or when they show up in the White Tower, because... I think the only Forsaken we've actually seen in the White Tower is Lanfear. And so, mm-hmm. like, in my head, I'm like, oh, Lanfear's laying all these little traps and plans and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if we ever get any evidence that she actually is doing that. But we mm-hmm. also know a Shamael's in there pulling strings, doing mm-hmm. something. Messina. Fane shows up at one point. Right? Messina's in there later on, too. Like, she's actually infiltrated and is posing as a sister. So, like, she's... Who? Uh, Messina? Masana? Oh, Masana. I, I thought you were saying Masima, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, did I it's, hit my they're head? They're very close. No, <laughs> they're very close. Masana, I'm sorry. Uh, she's actually in the tower. Like... Walking yeah. around, talking to various Black Aja, disguised, blah, blah, blah. So she's there, and it's still ineffective. It's still ineffective. Nothing that is done with the Black Aja does anything other than push our story <laughs> along and give us a little bit of adventure, because they just fail over and over again. Yeah. They might as well not even have been there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. Like, it's, I don't know. There's a lot, a lot to be desired, I would say. It does really make for some fun moments. Like, I was reading through some of the later chapters in The Dragon Reborn last night, and, like, Leandrin, (laughs) like, trying to talk to Naive, and Naive straight up punching her in the face. That was good. I enjoyed that and really just like the description of them leaving and knowing that if you were a new reader reading this, like you would hope your heroes are going to get out okay, but they've now been captured by fully trained Aes Sedai who actually feel as threatening as they should in this moment and they are told that 13 Merdral have been called for as well. And so that that moment kind of gives me chills, you know, like, oh, no, they're in danger. And it feels really like, ah, and I I feel like there are a couple moments like that where the Black Aja definitely like works well. But then, like you said, with Leandrin, it just fizzles out. The Black Aja just kind of fizzles out like they leave her. They just abandon her when they leave that. One place yeah. in uh, wherever it is, Amador. They're like, oh, sorry, sorry. They and probably not, didn't say sorry. They probably just walked out. And not uh, every character needs, like, this big badass end to their story. No. No. 
But I feel like anything, you know, <laughs> right? Give us something. A yeah, bit. especially with her playing such a large role from so early on in the story. Yeah, because she's really the first Black Aja member that we are introduced to. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a way where, like, when you're reading it, you're like, there's immediate oh, yeah. red flags with Leandra. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as she has that meeting with the Lady Amalisa in Valdara, yeah, and she's doing her compulsion light mm-hmm. on her. <laughs> Plus it's pain. where you're, yeah. It's where you're immediately like, uh oh, like uh-huh. she's not good. You yeah, know, she cannot be trusted. Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious to see how the television show is going to do it. If they're mm-hmm. going to give the audience a heads up to Leandrin so that we know mm-hmm. what she is, and that way, whenever she's making plans with our young women mm-hmm. like the audience will be like uh oh uh oh uh oh like we'll be <laughs> feeling those that those fears mm-hmm. of like what they're walking into or if it's going to be like Leandrin's like oh like I think you know someone sent word about Randolph Thor like we know where he is like you have to come now and then like mm-hmm. it's kind of left like as a big question mark like Mm-hmm. Were the were this Sean Chen just waiting there, and it was you know accidental? Just it happened. Mm-hmm. There was nothing nefarious about it. Just wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. I'd be curious to think, see what other people think. I mean, mm-hmm. you could do it both ways. Hmm. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't have that much more to say on Leandra, and I feel like I've, <laughs> I've started, yeah. I've finished. <laughs> I just, I don't know, like, there's, there's so much going on. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to get the new Origins episodes any day now. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're running out of time. It'll, mm-hmm. they, have, they will have probably come out before this episode airs, I would bet. You think so? If I am wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, You'll eat your I hat. Do. I'll eat my eat hat. My hat. <laughs> or they drop them on the very last day, which would be kind of weird to be like they'll be here in August, and right? Then, like, but we'll hold the off. Last day. Yeah. So mean. They're just be so mean. There, there's so much going on right now, and like television. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like we're living in an age of fantasy sci-fi adaptation mania and it's amazing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i did watch the fire fire and blood adaptation yeah why can't i even think of the name of it um is this the game of thrones thing yes yeah house of the dragon house Mm. of the dragon Mm -hmm. how was it well you like matt smith don't you i do Mm mm-hmm Cause you're a Doctor Who fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's quite charismatic. Quite. Is he? Okay, good. Very. Yeah. There's, you know, typical HBO. Lots of blood and gore. Like mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't step away from that. There's still you. You can see Matt Smith's butt cheeks. If you know if that, 
makes you any more interested in this it in was, the show? It was never on my list of things that I wanted to see, but I mean, <laughs> well, I won't object, I guess. <laughs> they they went in very strong, like mid episode with a birthing scene, and whoo, yeah. So okay, why? If if you're if if you don't if you don't want to know what happens, turn tune out now. <laughs> I guess we're we're done with no more wheel of time and wheel of time. Are we are we switching switching fantasy places? Yeah, we can New fantasy um, location. Fill me in. Yeah. I haven't I haven't watched any of it yet. I haven't figured out if I really want to or not. Matt Smith is a draw for me. I'm not gonna lie. Love he's, him in Doctor Who. He's great. I mean, yeah. I didn't have any. There was nothing really drawing me to the series whatsoever. Like I, Fire and Blood, interesting, but it's, it would be like, I don't know. I, it's just not something that I'm like. I must see it. But mm-hmm. I was getting ready for bed the other night, and I was like, you know what? I'll just throw it on and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And mid episode. There is a birthing scene where, you know, the king is waiting for his first male heir. So there is a huge succession plot line here. Mm -hmm. That's what they're starting this whole show on. Like, that's what it's hinging on. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like succession plot lines, probably not for you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Wow. But his wife goes into labor and they pair the birthing scene with jousting scenes so it's like you know shields exploding and heads popping and Mm -hmm. people in like melee fights and you know they're going at it and killing and then you know on the other side like new life being brought into the world well uh the queen um is having problems because the baby's breech and they're like you've got an option to the king, like mother baby. And he chooses the baby and his male heir is born and the woman is given a cesarean section. Oh my God. Like without, you know, any modern medicine. So it was absolutely brutal. I kind of fast forward through it. I, you know, like clicked through like... (laughs) When she, I mean, it's just, oh my God, the panic. Like, it's not even the blood or anything. It was just, like, her legitimately, like, clawing and panicking. Like, Mm. when she knew that something really messed up was about to be happening. Because she's looking at her husband and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, you know. And she's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And that, like, made me feel sick to my stomach. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um interesting like take for the showrunners i mean mm-hmm. i guess if if you want to be frank quite frank about it like mm-hmm. yeah childbirth was the most dangerous thing like, oh my gosh it doesn't matter how many wars at the time were going on like mm-hmm. the birth rate or the birth rate the the lifespan mm-hmm. for women was always shorter yep. until modern medicine popped up. So it's 
I mean, it's accurate, and Mm -hmm. it's interesting that that's the scene they chose to show, like, is the most brutal, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if that's, like, a good thing or a bad thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Hmm. 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 And then we've got Lord of the Rings in a few weeks, in a week and a few days. It'll be... September 2nd, and then hopefully Wheel of Time right after that. It's, I mean, wow. What it's a exciting. time to be alive. I know, what right? Time to be alive. I love it. <laughs> I'm stoked. You still haven't watched Sandman yet? Highly no, recommend. but yeah, I think that's going to be on my list for maybe this weekend. I have a lot of reading I'm working my way through at the moment, so. You sure are. Yeah. But Should fast. We- Okay. Okay. Um, Well, I was going to say we can wrap it up here. Yeah, let's do that. Let's wrap it up here. Super fun discussion. I think we did really well. Leandrin following. Well done, us. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.